Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 312. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. Welcome to the MCAT Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week. As always, I'm joined by our sponsor of the MCAT Podcast, Blueprint MCAT, and one of their amazing Blueprint Live Online instructors. They have an amazing course for you. Go sign up at blueprintmcat.com. Their live online course includes all of the amazing content to help you learn the material, but then 16 classes led by two amazing instructors to help you integrate all of that knowledge into taking the MCAT. Go check it out, blueprintmcat.com. We're continuing our podcast with an episode about summer MCAT prep. A lot of students take the MCAT kind of the beginning of the year, January, March, April. There's no February dates for some reason, so it's always January, March, April. And so a lot of you are studying in the fall, but what happens if you study in the summer to take a late fall MCAT, kind of September, October timeframe? What does that look like? That's what we're going to be talking about today, all about MCAT prep schedules. Before we jump in, though, I do want to remind you, BlueprintMCAT.com has amazing free re- resources. Not only do they have that great live online course, but they have amazing free resources at BlueprintMCAT.com, including a half-length diagnostic and a free full-length. Go check them out, BlueprintMCAT.com. Nicole, back for some more MCAT podcast. How you doing, my friend? Doing good. Excited to chat more MCAT details and MCAT timelines. MCAT timelines. So a couple episodes mm-hmm. ago, we talked about kind of how your MCAT date affects your application and when your application is mm-hmm. complete. And we had this uh, fun little graph that I share that I can I can share again right here. This little oh, that's not it. Um, they, never mind. Uh, I had a graph uh, from my iPad that was really cool. Um, here, I'll, I'll, sh- I'll share it this way. Um, this graph there that shows kind of uh, when to take and not to take and whatever, uh, just showing how those seats are diminishing through the application cycle. There are a lot of students who want to prep for the MCAT during the summer. They're they're home. They're not taking classes. It's the summer, maybe they're doing a little research, some clinical experience Mm -hmm. with the idea that they're going to take the MCAT in September or October. The MCAT is not offered in November or December or February Mm -hmm. for some random reason. (laughs) Um, So um, they, they study during the summer and then they have maybe a late August, a September date. What are your thoughts on students? Let's say... Right now, as we're recording this, it's 2023. 
let's say they're planning to take the MCAT or prep for the MCAT. They're not going to open a book until they're they're done with their classes May 5th, right? Let's let's rent mm-hmm. date out there. They're going <laughs> to start prepping for the MCAT mid-May, June, July. They're going to take it in August. And then they're going to start working on their personal statement, their activity descriptions, start asking for letters of recommendations, applying this cycle coming up to start medical school in 2024. Let's start with that thought first of taking the MCAT that late and applying during the same cycle. Yeah. So my first piece of advice is if you are a student who is considering that, um, go back and watch that current (laughs) episode because you will get a really in-depth explanation as to why that is probably, unfortunately, a really bad idea. Um, Rolling admissions is a thing. Um, So if you are not taking your MCAT until I said August, September, um, you should probably push your application cycle back, right? So it's not to say that there isn't ever anybody who has taken their MCAT in August and then got into medical school, right? But we don't want to have to be the one exception that defies all odds, right? We want to put the odds. (laughs) Possible, not probable. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we want to, like I said, set ourselves up for the most success, which means submitting our application early and having our MCAT score early. Like I said, what does early mean? You can go back and listen to that podcast, but essentially you want everything done um, by around mid-July, including having your MCAT score back, your application verified, your essays submitted, working on your secondaries, your letters of recommendation submitted, which for most students means um, that if you are looking to kind of take the MCAT right before you apply, that should look something more like a March or possibly a May MCAT date. Yeah. So the earlier the better. So when we look mm-hmm. at summer, there's mm-hmm. technically nothing wrong with prepping during the summer. Mm-hmm. It's what is your thought process in terms of the application cycle? Yes. If you're in the same application cycle as the summer that you're prepping, Probably not the best idea, right? Mm -hmm. Not to say that you can't do it, but most experts, if you want to hang that hat on us, uh, will tell you not to do it again because of that fun graph that I showed you earlier, where Mm -hmm. just throughout the application cycle, the number of seats is going down, the number of applicants is going up. And at some point, there's Mm -hmm. just a lot of diminishing returns in terms of applying Mm -hmm. later and later and later and later. And applying, I mean, having a complete application. And if you're taking a later MCAT, that med school sees that you're taking an MCAT and they're just going to sit on your application most likely and wait for that score to come back. And it's just not a great idea. Again, anecdotally, Mm -hmm. you can find plenty of people that'll say, oh, I took a September MCAT score and I got in. That's yeah. that's the exception well, to the rule. Happens every year, <laughs> I said. But we want to be uh, we want to comfortably sit in the majority, <laughs> yes. right? If if possible, it's a long process. It's an expensive process. It's difficult, um, right? We, you want to give yourself the best shot possible. So that's that's really the moral story. There is give yourself the best opportunity you can to succeed because you don't want to have to apply another time if you can avoid it. Yeah. The one thing that I really like the the thought process of applying or not applying prepping during the summer is that if things don't go according to plan, right? Life happens, mm-hmm. whatever. And you're like, well, I'm going to take the MCAT in October 
and I'm going to prep during the summer. I'm going to take it in October and just something happens and you're not ready. You can push back to January, to March, to April, assuming, right, the application for the next Mm -hmm. cycle and you're still perfectly fine timeline-wise with getting your MCAT Mm -hmm. score back and, and understanding what that score means for your application before you submit. And so it allows a lot more flexibility. Now, unfortunately, not everyone is available to prep during the summer. They're taking summer courses, mm-hmm. they're traveling, whatever. So mm-hmm. that's one of the things that I really like about thinking about that summer between junior and senior year of really, really prepping for the MCAT. Now that assumes, again, that you're gonna take a gap year. Right. Yes. That that's mm-hmm. an automatic assumption, because to prep between sophomore and junior year, you probably don't have enough of the prereqs under your belt to prep effectively, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, for most students, so I studied over the summer. Listen, I am a huge proponent of if you can and not during your application cycle studying over the summer for the MCAT. Um, so I actually did study for the MCAT between my sophomore and junior years, which I was very aware of at the time, um, was quite early. Um, I was lucky that for my school, it worked out that I had completely completed all of my prerequisite courses wow. by then, um, in part from coming in with AP credits, right? So this also depends on your school's policy, right? But then we also need to keep in mind if you're using AP credits, you know, make sure that we're taking upper level courses to replace those, make sure you're meeting med school requirements, check in with your schools, all of that good stuff. So there are those students, those wacky students out there like myself who can actually study, I said, the summer between their sophomore and junior year. I actually wasn't originally planning on that. Um, It was in part because of um, COVID, because I wanted to do a study abroad over the summer. And that summer, essentially, my study abroad was still canceled. It was canceled for like the third time (laughs) um, due to COVID. And so I essentially had a realization um, over the period of two weeks that essentially my choices for me were either study for the MCAT um, obscenely early or, you know, choose to miss out on a study abroad because I knew that I didn't want to study for the MCAT while also doing this summer program that I was interested in, right? So this is all about your scenario. So biggest thing, right, is you've got to complete your prereqs for, um, first. So there's a little bit of an asterisk on that, um, right? When I say complete your prereqs, there are some things that we can potentially self-study for or take concurrently. So if you didn't know, there's a lot of content on the MCAT. You're going to need Gen Chem. You're going to need physics. You're going to need bio. You're going to need orgo. You're going to need psychology. You're going to need sociology. And you're going to need biochemistry. I think I got all of those. And reading skills. That's usually, uh, <laughs> that usually we aren't taking specific classes for, although a lot of schools do inc- um, require you to have some sort of writing intensive or other English-focused course as part of their prerequisites. Whether taking that course at your university is going to help you on the car section is uh, an entirely different discussion and one that we couldn't answer. Um, But it's, like I said, so you have to have completed those courses. So for some students, like I said, uh, students will take courses concurrently while studying for the MCAT. So like, let's say you started studying in April or something, right? But your 
semester isn't over until May, right? So maybe you're finishing up biochemistry as you're starting to prep for the MCAT. I find biochem tends to be one of those last lingering courses because a lot of schools have orgo two as a prerequisite, right? So if we think about kind of like, think about the prototypical um, college schedule, your freshman year, right, you take Gen Chem 1 and Gen Chem 2, and then that qualifies you your sophomore year, right, to take Orgo 1 and Orgo 2, and then the first semester of your junior year, right, potentially you take biochemistry. So if you want to study that, like I said, that really early summer, essentially you need to, there needs to be a way for you to get that biochemistry done before then. Um, biochem is one of those subjects that I would not recommend you self-study for. It is really big. Um, subjects that are more common to self-study for, um, psychology and sociology. Um, a lot of students can be, it takes more work, right? But you can definitely be successful self-studying for psychology and sociology. And I think to a lesser extent, physics too, because the MCAT is more physics one heavy. Dr. Gray, is this kind of in line with the students you've talked to in terms of, you know, what, yeah. what can I skip? What can't I skip? Possibly or go to as well, if that's not required. Yeah. Um, physics 2 definitely is, seems to be across the board. Everyone says yeah. physics 2 is probably not yeah. worth it. Uh, and yeah, obviously, we're talking semesters and not quarters. And so if you're in a quarter system, I'm sorry. <laughs> it makes it much more complicated to have this discussion. Yes. But yeah. Yeah. So every school is going to be different, yeah. right? So you really need to take a look at what your, um, I'm sorry, or for example, like at my school, um, I took physics two concurrently while studying for the MCAT, but I had also actually taken the AP equivalent of that course. So I was kind of retaking it anyways. And so for example, like taking physics two concurrently, I'm never going to be worried. If a student says that to me, I'm like, yeah, you're fine. You're going to be fine. Um, I said, but once you have your prereqs done, it's kind of open season in terms of when you can take your MCAT. Like I said, so it's all about finding that best time for you. The reason we're kind of focusing on summer in this episode is because a lot of students have less commitments during the summer, right? Like Dr. Ray, you might be just working part-time, right? Or like me, you might've been taking half-time classes, half-time studying for the MCAT. So a lot of students have more flexibility in their summers versus, you know, when it's the semester, you're in your research lab or you're in clubs or you have, you know, this thing and that other thing. So something I mentioned um, in our last episode that I want to emphasize here is, you know, once you have your prereqs done, let's say asterisk, asterisk, asterisk there, um, you know, I think tr trying to be strategic and when you study and study when you have the most time and the most flexibility can make a big difference, right? Not only in your score, but also just how stressed you are while you are studying, um, like having time to rest in the midst of your prep. Um, something where we don't want to have too much, right? We don't want to be slacking off. We also have to avoid burnout. And this requires like you to have quite literally enough hours in your week to make the math work. Yeah. So yeah. when it comes to the summer, um, the, again, I think the idea is there's typically less responsibility. And so theoretically, it makes it easier to do all of the mm -hmm. things necessary to prep for that. And again, um, between summer and mm -hmm. uh, between sophomore and junior year, definitely mm -hmm. a lot harder depending on your specific situation and institution and all not the credits. As, not nearly as common. Yeah, not as common because you just don't mm -hmm. have those prereqs done yet. But mm -hmm. between junior and senior year, again, more common 
and uh, gives, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, an automatic, again, uh, based on our recommendations, an automatic gap year because you're not going to apply until your senior year instead of applying mm-hmm. during your junior year to medical school. So mm-hmm. you would take a, you, you would be applying your senior year and during the application cycle, remember, it takes a year to, to apply to medical school. That's when <laughs> you, you've graduated and you, you click submit on your application and you're doing whatever gap year activities that you're doing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and like Dr. Gray mentioned as well, right? Let's so let's talk about this. Like I said, one gap year. Like I said, once again, it's becoming very common, almost the new normal um, for pre med students and for like a lot of schools. Um, you know, lots of lots of medical schools. You know that talked about. I listened to a podcast earlier today. It said seventy five percent of their students, incoming first year class, you know, had taken one or more gap years. It's becoming it's it's very common now. Yeah, but um, let's just just caveat mm-hmm. that with. That doesn't mean you should and it's good and mm-hmm. and you must, right? It's just that's what the data shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's about what works for you. So there, that's also, you know, you could also say, well, 25% of people applied straight through. And there's also, yeah. um, you know, something you said for trends, right? Oh, well, everyone else is taking a gap year. So therefore, I am also going to take a gap year. So it's, yep. you know, listen, none of this is one size fits all. It's just options to think about, right? Set yourself up for the best success, whatever that means, for you. Um, right. But let's say we're going back to this one gap year situation, um, studying between studying during the summer of between your junior and senior year, right? Let's say you take, you, you took your MCAT on August 1st, but you get it back on September 1st and it didn't go how you hoped, right? Now what you have is you have the gift of flexibility, right? You have two full, semesters, essentially, right? So this will be going into your last year, your senior year of college, if you're doing a traditional four-year program, um, right? You'd have two other semesters that you have an option to study for. And for students that, like, who are in that situation, right? It can be really nice to have that flexibility of, I'm actually going to not start studying. Maybe I'll start studying on my, um, like, winter break, right? So I'm going to take a few months off, kind of reset myself, you know, make sure that I'm not just pushing, 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 getting really burnt out. And then you're kind of back on a more traditional MCAT timeline, right? Which is studying that spring while you are also writing your applications to submit June-ish, Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then last thing we uh, that I want to bring up is Blueprint MCAT now offers a summer immersive, one month immersive. As we're recording this uh, and it's going to come out, um, the immersive is right around the corner. <laughs> so may not be the, the best time to talk about this, but it's um, starting in just a couple weeks as this episode comes out in June. But for, for students where maybe there's a, a second immersive offered during the summer or maybe during the winter or whatever, yeah. um, talk about the immersive. Who, who is the immersive good for? Because that is a lot of work. One month, super intense, full-time job kind of hours. Yes. Yeah. So I had the approach of teaching for Blueprint's first ever immersive this past winter. Um, and it was a great time. It was, we had, we had so much fun. It was, it was tough, but we had a lot of fun, um, in the process, um, with myself and the other instructors in the students. So the immersive, I said, 
is a one-month program. So I'll just quickly contrast this with kind of the regular blueprint live online course, so kind of our standard live online course, which is either 16 weeks, like 10 to 16 weeks, depending on how frequently your class meets. So that is 16 lessons, essentially, that are um, delivered to you live. What the immersive does is it takes basically all of that amazing content and strategy you get through live online, it condenses it down into one month, plus adds a bunch of other resources. So you have really packed days. So to get back to the question, okay, well, who is the immersive good for? Immersives, you have to be someone who can dedicate a full month to it. So ideally, like you should not be doing anything else other than the immersive, because it is going to be, um, you know, with the actual hours you are in live class and in discussions um, and in tutoring as well comes with, there's a couple options for tutoring packages you can get with your immersive. Um, it's basically like a nine to five, like you're going to be treating it like a full-time job. And when you are not studying, you are going to be like laying on your couch watching Netflix. I hope that would be my goal, taking walks, hanging out with friends um, because you are going to have really, really long days. And so that's not to say, um, that like you are going that it's, the program is not meant to burn you out, but it is an immersive program. So that means that you have to be able to dedicate that time. Ideally, you would have literally nothing else going on that month other than studying through the MCAT and, you know, maybe one volunteer thing here, maybe like a one off meeting. Um, but it's really for students who can dedicate that time. So if we're thinking about right. Um, our student who is taking one gap year, um, right, in studying in between that summer, between junior and senior year, if you finish your semester in May, right, then you can do a month-long immersive in June and get the MCAT over with, essentially, by midsummer. So you still have more time to dedicate to other items. The immersive is designed um, to get you fully ready for the MCAT. So you could literally take the immersive study for four really intense weeks and then take the MCAT right after. A lot of students will also choose to use it to kind of jumpstart their studying, right? So they do a month of the immersive and then a month or two of kind of independent additional studying following that up. Like I said, and having the summer immersive, right, in June gives you a lot of flexibility to do that to really like dive in, get like a humongous, really amazing jumpstart on your application uh, or on your on your studying rather. And then, you know, have that flexibility to choose when throughout the summer you want to actually take that test. So there's lots of content sessions. Um, we have small groups where we work together on problems. So I said all of the amazing strategy and content um, with, that makes our live online course really great. Um, it's kind of every, it's like the best of blueprint rolled into one crazy month. Um, but like I said, it is a lot of fun. Um, very lighthearted. It's also a very close-knit group um, by the end of the month. So you really have a community. Like I said, not only of your instructors, but your other students to kind of be there, to lift you up, to support you. Um, so you're not going through the process alone, which can be really tough. Lots of students do it. Um, but having that sort of MCAT community is really valuable as well, I think. So, so you can learn more on Blueprint's website, but that's just a little bit um, about the immersive um, we are also tentatively planning to offer one in the winter. So that was the one I previously taught for. Um, it's kind of over, I said, that winter break that a lot of students have that's a month long. So you can take a similar approach there. So there's, there's lots of options out there if you are interested in a course. All right, so there you have it. 
is the summer MCAT prep right for you? Only you know. Only you know your schedule, your strengths, your weaknesses, what your um, responsibilities look like, all that fun stuff. So if it's right for you, go check out blueprintmcat.com today and see what sort of schedule they have that will fit your prep needs. Hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time here on the MCAT Podcast. This is MedEd Media.